What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copon. It's October 22, 2021, and this is Lift and Learn, episode 58. In this episode, I'll be talking about doing a full-body workout split. I'll be going over why doing a full-body workout can be so beneficial for some people. And in the second topic, I'll talk about the importance of fatty foods, and basically why just because a food is high in fat doesn't directly translate to you gaining body fat. It could actually benefit you if you're eating the right kinds of foods. Before that though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram at Lift and Learn Podcast, on Twitter at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. All right, so I guess first things first, let's talk about my training this week. And actually, I just got back from a training session with my friend from college. She works at Lifetime Fitness, so I got to go to one of those overpriced facilities today. Well, actually, I don't know if it's overpriced for all of the things that they actually offer there, like multiple floors of equipment, deadlift platforms, and rock climbing, and multiple pools, and whatever else is in there. But it's just way out of my price range right now. So yeah, thankfully I got to get in a workout there today, which was great. I also am not going to mention which location it is specifically because they didn't even check my vaccine status, which actually seemed kind of sketchy, but whatever. So we did a full body kind of day, and I'll talk uh, more about that in the first fitness topic later, which, yeah, that's coming later. And I knew that we'd be training together, so I took yesterday off from the gym so that I'd be fresh and available to do whatever I felt like. And honestly, I had to kind of freestyle the whole workout because I made it on the fly so that we'd both get an effective workout. So yeah, we started with some sumo deadlifts, did some back, I made her do some hip thrusts and chest as well. Since she's not really into working out the whole body yet, she usually focuses on the lower body, which is understandable, especially for females, since they're always trying to grow the booty. But that workout was actually pretty good. I'm going to try to get her to get me in there more times during the winter because there's just so much to do in there. Like, I wanted to play basketball too, but I didn't bring my ball, so I'll have to remember that for next time. I actually haven't been to that gym in a few years though, so it's pretty different now with the social distancing of the machines or whatever, but it's so nice in there. I haven't been there since before the pandemic, obviously, so it looks a little bit different. Like I said, I wanted to play basketball, and I know before the pandemic happened, they actually used to run these uh, basketball tournaments in there, which looked pretty cool. 
There's also a soccer field indoors, but right now it's unusable because they moved a bunch of the equipment into that room so that you can basically just work out more. So that sucks for people who actually wanted to use the field. But honestly, it was eerily quiet in there, though. We had to do incline bench press on the soccer field, and there was no music, so it was literally just silent in there. Besides that, though, the rest of my training went well. I mentioned last week that I'm moving more to a three- to five-day workout week since work has just been hectic lately, and this was the first week where I did it, and it worked pretty well, I think. I noticed that I'm actually able to recover a lot more, actually, because I feel really refreshed. I mean, earlier this week when I did my sumo deadlifts, usually my grip would give out like the last few sets, but, uh, but not this time. I actually didn't get exhausted this time around since I actually have more rest days during the week, which probably helped in terms of recovery purposes. I haven't talked about pull-ups in a while, but I think I've pretty recently got over this little hump in that part of my training. I took a few weeks off of it because when I would push intensity on that one, my left shoulder, which is the one I dislocated in April... Uh, When I started to push it, when it comes to pull-ups, my left shoulder would act up a little bit. It wouldn't really hurt or have lasting effects, but I could just feel a little something in my shoulder, so I just went and did my reps until I felt a little bit of discomfort, so I was stopping way before failure on those. But this week, while I was doing them, I didn't notice that slight pinch in my shoulder, so... I'll get back to it consistently for now and see what happens going forward. And if I, we'll see what happens. If I start adding like extra weight to my body, we'll see if I get that pinching uh, in my shoulder again. But doing pull-ups with just my body weight, I can pretty much do eight reps of three sets now with zero pain. So that's a good thing. And since I have been training less times per week, I spent one of my sessions testing out my OHP again, that's overhead press, and I've been consistently bringing that into my weekly routine uh, regularly, so I'm glad I was able to do a plate there for a few reps, so 135, finally got to touch that again, which is a pretty good milestone. I just gotta keep doing it, and that should fly up pretty quickly. I think I... I incorporated OHP back into my routine again because I don't know what it was. I read some article or some video was saying how like OHP is like the most challenging uh, of the upper body compound lifts. So hearing that, I was like, okay, I need to get better at that one. And basketball started this week, which is exciting. That's one of the sports I like to watch on TV. So everything is back again, hockey and basketball. My two sports that I like to just play in the background while I work or whatever. And there were some hilarious things on the basketball side that I just need to mention. Not even going to mention Kyrie and his anti-vax stance or whatever's going on with him. But, oh, Philadelphia just in shambles this first week. There was already some drama around the team because of Benjamin Simmons over there. A little timeline recap off the top. He blew it in last year's playoffs. If you remember, he had this wide-open dunk attempt in a close game, and he ended up passing the ball. (laughs) Oh, man, it still makes me laugh. 
they ended up losing that game. Then the coach kind of threw him under the bus saying how he doesn't think Ben will be the point guard of the future or whatever he said. Then I think Ben Simmons requested a trade over the summer and then the GM was asking for way too much in return from the other team so he wasn't able to move him. Ben didn't report to camp, leaving a bunch of money on the table. Some teammates were going to go to his place, actually, to try to convince him to stay or something like that. And then he basically said, don't even bother. And this was like as the teammates were like about to board the plane. I think that's what I read. So now we're at this last weekend and there's news that Ben Simmons actually practiced with the team for a day. But then earlier this week, I think it was Tuesday or something. At practice, he ended up being thrown out because the coach wanted him to participate in some defensive drills. So uh, Simmons said no, and then I think the coach asked him again, and then the coach kicked him out after that. He said no twice, I think. So uh, the team ended up suspending Ben Simmons for a game, but, I mean, it's not like he cares anyway. And then I think after practice, they had Joel Embiid in an interview with the voice clip of the week saying... I don't care about that man. He just does whatever he wants. Oh man, the Joel Embiid revenge tour coming this year, I swear. If he ever sees Ben Simmons on the court, you just know he's going to try his best to dunk on him and then do his little airplane celebration. That would just be hilarious. I can't wait to hear the Philly crowd boo Ben Simmons whenever that happens. If he gets traded or not, honestly, he should just go to China. He'd probably do amazing over there. So trouble in the NBA and also trouble in the NHL. And that's, of course, Evander Kane, who has just been in the media like crazy for what seems like the past two years now at this point. I think it was at first him filing bankruptcy, which was seems like years ago now at this point, even though he's an NHL player making millions per year. And his organization, the Sharks, San Jose Sharks, they stood by him at that time. And then now there's all this drama with his baby mama. She was claiming some domestic abuse stuff, which I think is still under investigation, along with gambling issues, maybe betting on his own games, but regardless, some kind of gambling addiction stuff. And now he's actually been suspended by the league 21 games for a violation of COVID-19 protocol. I think that adds up to nearly $2 million that he's giving up. And what happened was he ended up submitting a fake COVID vaccination card to the league. Oh my God, seriously? He's literally just been a huge mess the past few years and he definitely needs some sort of help. And since we're already on the topic hockey-wise... I mean, I don't even want to really talk about it, really, because I don't want to spend the next two minutes on here whining about how awful, awful the Blackhawks season has been so far. They're just getting killed out there. It just hurts when I'm watching the games, like, literally hurts me right in the heart. They haven't even been in the lead all season yet. They haven't even been in the lead. Five games now, still without a win. I think they were down 4 nothing in like three of the games. I can't even keep track anymore. It's been so bad. And it's so funny because I was talking like on the podcast before about them making a cup. Like, oh my God. I thought they were going for a cup this year. They got Flurry. They got Seth Jones. And now I've been like 
on YouTube and I'm getting recommended videos about how Seth Jones is like a plague to the team and his stick is not like active enough in his own zone. Oh my God. The whole team is to blame at this point and it wouldn't even surprise me if the coach is gone in a few weeks if this keeps up. Actually, okay, one thing. The Blackhawks had their home opener this week. And if you remember, Jonathan Taves, who's the captain, he missed all of last season with an illness, and he's back to playing again, thankfully. has I don't think he's had his first goal of the season yet, but whatever. He got a huge ovation when they introduced him at the, at the, at the game. But when they showed the coach on the screen, oh my god, I feel so bad. Jeremy Colleton, he was just heavily booed. I feel bad for the kid, but sports fans can be ruthless. They want to see results. I actually didn't see that clip until after the game, since I missed that intro portion of the game, but I really do hope the Blackhawks turn it around this week. Anyways, okay, so back to basketball. The season is underway, and the new-look LA Lakers took the floor this week. I still can't believe this team is real, even watching them for... I think it's only been one game still for them so far. LeBron, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo, Rondo. Probably the perfect team to use on 2K, but in real life, I seriously don't know how that's going to work. But it's been interesting to see so far. If they have any hopes of winning a chip, LeBron is still going to have to carry the team all the way through in his, what year is this for him, 29th year in the league or whatever. And I think it was the second game of the season. I ended up watching the Knicks versus Celtics, which was just an absolutely crazy game. It went uh, went back and forth. It was both of the team's first games of the season, and it went to double overtime. And you could just see that. By the end, the players were just gassed. They missed some wide-open dunks towards the end of the game. And the Celtics actually fought back. I think they were down like 11 points in the final three minutes of regulation. And then they ended up tying it at the buzzer. And then in the first overtime, Jason Tatum missed the buzzer beater. And it was an air ball. It just shows how tired everyone was out there. The Knicks did end up winning in double overtime. And they were interviewing one of the players, uh, Julius Randle. And his answer to a bunch of questions were straight up just, I'm tired. But yeah, good few games to watch in the first few nights. That was fun to watch, honestly. Alright, last topic. We'll talk about Apple. Apple finally released an update to their MacBook Pro laptops. They got some new 14 and 16 inch models, if I remember. I don't know the price of the 16 inch, but all of them come with a new... And I say that with quotations, a new design... Basically, the screen has these little bezels and has a notch at the top, similar to the iPhone designs for the past few years. And these laptops come with the new M1 Pro or M1 Max chips. The Max ones are a little bit faster, I think. So what's the cheapest model, you might ask? Well, the 14-inch MacBook Pro with the M1 Pro chip starts at 2000 US dollars. And here in Canada, that's $2,500. Jesus. It's funny, because I was planning on upgrading my MacBook Air to one of these laptops, but at that price, honestly, I can wait. And I think the M1 Max version of the 14-inch starts at $3,150 here in Canada. Also, which is just absolutely ridiculous. 
Besides the price though, the laptops are definitely worth the upgrade. They got rid of the touch bar above the keyboard, which was meh. And there's a bunch of ports that they added or they brought back. You get an HDMI port on there now. There's a full-size SD card slot. Um, they brought back MagSafe, which is great for charging. There's, yeah, so there's MagSafe, HDMI ports, three USB-C ports, which are Thunderbolt 4. There's a headphone jack and an SD card slot. And I'm pretty sure I read that the HDMI slot is only HDMI 2.0 instead of the most recent HDMI 2.1. And I also read that the USB-C ports, the Thunderbolt ports or whatever, they're not fast charging, which is interesting. And not to mention that Apple is now also selling a polishing cloth. I kid you not. Check on their website. I'm going to say that it's just as effective as a regular microfiber cloth that they sell for $19, which just says a lot right there. I think the funny thing is that this is actually on back order, I think, until December now. So these fanboys, man, I tell ya, they're just out there selling, or sorry, they're just buying whatever Apple wants to sell them at literally any price they feel like. Question 1. Why training full body can be so effective? So I've gone through the benefits of an upper-lower split when it comes to training. I went over that before. And today I want to talk about training full body and how it can be so effective. Training your whole body every single session. This is the complete opposite of the bro split, which is where you train one body part per day. Essentially, you're going to be training each body part just once per week with a bro split. Now, this is where full body training just shines. Studies do show that frequency, when it comes to training, can actually be effective if done and applied properly. Frequency just basically means you're hitting body parts more often throughout the week. So if we're specifically looking at a bench press, for example, doing it three times per week, you could see more chest growth and development as opposed to just hitting chest or doing bench press once per week. That seems pretty obvious. The more you train and practice a movement, the better you'll become at it, making the movement more efficient for you in terms of muscle gain and fat loss. Now, when I say full body training, I don't just mean benching every single day and pushing yourself to the max all the time. There needs to be some structure there and a lot of planning and listening to your body along the way too. I've talked before about how many times you want to hit each body part per week that's 9 to 20 sets or so per body part, so you need to come up with a routine where you're doing just that. And that actually becomes pretty easy if you're doing something like you're working out every other day. So getting into that 9 to 20 set range, which is the sweet spot when it comes to hypertrophy, aka growing your muscles, if you're doing a full body routine, let's say three times per week, at the very least, you should be doing each body part for three sets per session. If you go more times during the week, that means you can either do more sets per exercise or toss in some other body parts in there too. Maybe some other small muscles you might neglect, like calves, rear delts, traps, forearms, abs even. Or maybe you can even structure your workouts to hit one of those smaller muscle groups at the end of your full body days. Whatever you want to do, really, there's a lot of flexibility there. 
Full body workouts can be great because even if you get busy during the week, you can be sure that you've hit every single body part at least once or twice already this week. Not like where you do a bro split or even a push-pull legs routine. You never know what could pop up during the week in your life which could cause you to maybe fall behind or get too busy to go to the gym one day. And if you're doing a full body routine, it won't really throw off your weekly uh, workout routine even if you do manage to miss a day or two in the gym. Think about it. If you only have three days available, if you're doing a bro split, it's going to be hard to hit every body part. So realistically, that's out of the question. You could do a push-pull legs. You're again doing everything just once per week, which is better than nothing. If you're doing an upper-lower split, working again three days a week, you're doing each body part maybe twice, depending on what week you started off with. And here's where a full body workout really stands out and could be useful for you. You're hitting each body part three times per week, generally, if you're working out three days. I mean, you don't have to, but you have that option. This way of training, doing full body, has actually been great throughout the years when it comes to training my clients. A routine like this can be really flexible, whether you see that client one to three times a week, or if you're just thinking about yourself working out twice per week. I mean, a full body routine is pretty flexible, and if you plan correctly, you can work out, honestly, pretty much every day. That's still a viable option for you there. So yeah, you can do a full body workout every day, but that can be pretty intense. So I do think it is a lot better if you're working out anywhere between two to four times per week. I feel like that's the sweet spot. But if you are trying to do a full body workout every day, you might not exactly need to feel like you need to do chest or back or squat every day. That's why I said earlier, going by feel, how your body's feeling, you can adjust your workout accordingly. So some days you can skip those chest or back sessions in favor of other body parts that you feel need more work. If you're working out twice per week full body, that session could be more taxing and require more effort and intensity because you want to hit each body part pretty effectively, you do still need to work hard to make progress. So you might have one day where there's more of a focus on the lower body and the other where you're more focused on the upper body, just to keep things even. But regardless, you're hitting full body both days, you just have to adjust the intensity as needed. The most important muscles are going to be hit in a routine like this. That's very likely legs, chest and back, shoulders, and that's in, if you're uh, including the big five compound movements. So in that case, those big compound movements, which are the most effective exercises in terms of seeing changes within your body, they're going to be done and practiced more often, which leads to progress over time. Going back to how this affected how I train my clients, I didn't realize this until later in life after a few years of training clients already. I used to just hammer my clients with exercise after exercise in there, burning as many calories as possible. I'd only see some clients maybe once or twice a week, and we'd do upper body one day, lower body another day, and that worked to a certain point and could still 100% be effective. But when I had them doing full body workouts, that's when we saw quicker gains than usual because they were practicing these important exercises and movements much more often. And they were able to see progress much faster than those other routines I'd have them doing. 
especially because I have like an older clientele, like it's pretty tough for an older person to do squats. So if you're practicing that once per week, yeah, you're going to make progress. But if you're practicing that twice or three times a week, obviously you're going to see progress much faster. Another benefit when it comes to doing a full body routine is the increased recovery time that it gives you. You're no longer forced to work out every single day with a routine like this, which clears up a lot of time for recovery, which is another important part when it comes to making progress. You need to have that recovery time in order to grow your muscles. They need that time off to repair. I mentioned on a recent podcast episode that I'm someone who likes to work out every day pretty much. Maybe I'll take one day off per week. I'll do a little bit of something every single day though. And if you're like me, you might be thinking that you're recovering fast enough for the next workout, even though that might not be the case. And again, this is where a full body workout could be great and that's because of the amount of recovery you're going to have. You no longer need to go to the gym every single day since you're working your whole body every single workout. Now, if life or work gets busy, and I already mentioned this, but yeah, you don't have, you don't uh, need to feel guilty when you miss a gym session because you did whatever body part that was either yesterday or you're going to do it tomorrow anyway. All right, got a few more point form notes here, so... For full body routines, I usually do like to do the bigger muscle groups first, so that usually means squats or deadlifts, and not too intense since you do have the rest of your body to still hit that day. You still need to save some energy for the rest of the workout, but it is usually better for you to hit those exercises that hit the biggest muscle groups first since they're the most taxing on your body. If you save those until the end, you might be fatigued by that point, and then the risk of injury will go up a little bit, especially if you're using heavier weights or if you're a little bit more inexperienced with a routine like this. And if the gyms are not open for you, or you just don't feel like going back to the gym, I think I just read earlier today that Melbourne, Australia ended their longest lockdown in the world, which basically lasted for 20 months. But yeah, if you're reluctant on going back to the gym, again, full body workouts could be great if you're working out at home. Last summer, this is exactly what I did. I still remember the gyms were not open in my area and I dove pretty deep into mobility drills. And since I had some dumbbells lying around at home, I was able to do a full body home workout routine. So if you haven't done a full body workout ever, try it again, maybe, or sorry, don't even try it again. Try it for the first time this weekend or maybe sometime during the week. You might actually love it. And you could notice some pretty significant gains pretty quickly because of the amount of frequency when it comes to stimulating those muscles. Question two, importance of fat in foods. So here's something that really does get demonized simply because of the word fat. Foods that contain fat can actually be great for you. Just because foods have fat doesn't instantly translate into body fat. And I know that can be confusing for most people, so we're going to have to do a little deep dive into this. Usually when I tell people or clients that they need more fat in their diet after hearing or seeing what they eat with MyFitnessPal or whatever tracking app they use, 
they usually reply with, but won't I get fat? The short answer there is no, not necessarily if your calories are under control. Fatty foods do not necessarily translate to body fat, and that's something that's still tough for people to uh, understand, even in 2021 with all of the knowledge that's out there, but it's not really their fault. But in terms of diet, the regular person isn't really educated enough in this department, and that's understandable because most of the so-called knowledge that people get when it comes to becoming more healthy is from the media, which just does a horrible job. So all foods contain some variation of the big three macronutrients. This is at the most basic level. That's protein, carbohydrates, and fats. Carbs are your grains and rice and pasta, along with sugar-heavy foods, highly processed foods, fruits. There are quote-unquote good and bad carbs, and proteins are your meats, chicken, beef, steak, fish, things like that. Eggs also. Now, when it comes to sources of fats, there are good sources of fats and bad sources of fats, of course. Back in the day, they used to say butter is bad for you or fat is bad for you and causes obesity. Then that started the movement of those low-fat foods or non-fat foods. And did that help lower the obesity rate worldwide? No, not really. It's worse now than ever. And that's not because of foods with fat. That's largely due to the overabundance of foods that we have these days and highly processed foods specifically because of the amount of carbs that are in there. Ultimately, eating too much of any macronutrient could lead to obesity or you gaining unwanted body fat. That'll cause you to be in a caloric surplus, which is where unwanted body fat comes from, not just solely from eating foods with fat in it. So I mentioned that there are good fats out there. That includes things like seeds or nuts, extra virgin olive oil, avocados, fish like salmon, tuna, sardines, and even milk has some pretty good fat in there as well. So some dairy products if you're not intolerant to them. On the opposite end of the spectrum, we have what we can consider bad fats. And if you look at the nutrition label, you should really avoid foods with trans fats in it trans fats avoid you should pretty much avoid these completely some margarines have this and it is not a safe alternative to butter which was touted back in the day trans fats are ones that you should avoid completely because that's what could actually raise your cholesterol levels specifically ldl cholesterol if you have issues with that you should also look out for saturated fats as well. You should limit your consumption with these, but it's not as bad as trans fats, uh, generally speaking. When it comes to being healthy, foods with fats are actually pretty important, as long as you're not going crazy with them or not eating so much of it where you're in a caloric surplus if you're watching your weight. Again, if you pay attention to the label on the side of whatever food you're looking to buy, Trans fats avoid completely, saturated fats you should limit, and then there's two others that are more on the healthy side of things. So that's monounsaturated fat and polyunsaturated fats. Uh, these are more healthy for you and you'll benefit from having these. These are the ones you'll find in avocados, uh, olive oil, nuts, salmon, whatever I mentioned before. 
So monounsaturated fats and polyunsaturated fats could actually reduce risk of heart disease, believe it or not, especially when compared to trans and saturated fats. And having fit, uh, <laughs> having fitty foods, having fatty foods is actually pretty important within the body. We need a certain amount every day. You should not just cut it out completely. It's used for energy storage within the body. Fat gives your body energy, supports cell growth, protects your organs, helps absorb nutrients in your body, and actually produces important hormones. It's important for balancing hormones, repairing your skin. It helps keep your hair and nails healthy. It's important for multiple functions within the body and is great for lubricating your joints. I remember this actually clicked for me a few years ago because fats for me are the hardest macronutrient to get in. Carbs for me are easy and I can eat those all day. But with fats, I actually lack that one in my diet just because of the way I eat. It wasn't until I started to increase my fat intake double from what I was having before. And no, I didn't gain weight because I was tracking my food and making sure that I still stayed within my overall calorie goals. I used to have this elbow pain actually that used to happen where I bench pretty heavily. And when I made that switch to having more good fats in my diet, that's when I noticed that that pain actually went away and it hasn't come back ever since. But I do notice that when I have an increased amount of good fats in my body, it clears up my skin and just overall, it makes me feel a whole lot better. And it's the same with my clients as well. When it comes to fats in your diet, if you're tracking your food, it should not be below 20% of your overall diet. So don't cut it too low, regardless if you're cutting or bulking. And actually a little side note here when it comes to fat. And when it comes to actually the three macronutrients, carbs, protein, and fat, you can actually survive with zero carbs in your diet, but you cannot survive for, I mean, you can't survive for too long with zero protein in your diet, and you cannot survive for too long with zero fat in your diet. But carbs is something you can actually live without. So think about that one and how important that is in your body. So if you're someone who has been avoiding fatty foods because you think uh, it'll instantly make you fat, then it's time to stop doing that. You need a good amount of fat in your uh, diet for your body to run more efficiently and properly. Choose foods with the good fats in them. That's monounsaturated and polyunsaturated. That's the best one. And these will lead you to being healthier overall according to the studies that are out there. And that concludes episode 58 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.